We believe running is freedom and empowerment. We believe running solves problems and makes people happy. We even believe that if more people run, the world will be a better place. We believe in running because it is our passion. This is the Big Peach Running Company Run ATL Podcast with your host, Mike Cosentino. Hello and Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to the Run ATL Podcast. It is Mike Cosentino. I have the wonderful privilege of being your host for this broadcast. I do not do it alone. Our friend Dolomite Dave Martinez is with us again, ready for a new year. D2, welcome back. And welcome to 2019, my friend. Well, thank you, and Happy New Year to you and to all of our listeners. It is great to uh, start off the new year and great to be back. It is. I know you and I are both really, really, really fired up about so much this year, both personally and professionally. One of those items, of course, is the Run ATL podcast. You and I have journeyed together since episode number one, and from the onset, Dave, you and I have talked about, made a commitment to our four pillars and why we spend this time, and that is to inform, to inspire, to empower, and to encourage. And as we went through our annual planning exercises last year, we recognized that we could do so much more with the progress we've made and, quite frankly, some of the relationships and now the expertise we have, and it is coming to fruition this first featured conversation of 2019, I think, is indication of that. But you and I both know there is so much more to come. So excited to have so many of the guests that we will have this year. Anything before I officially introduce our first guest of 2019 that you would say to all of our listeners to try to ready them, if such is even possible, for the Run ATL podcast this brand new year? The only thing I would suggest is is to tune in because, as you said, we are going to provide a lot of great, especially this time of year where people have got resolutions and their goal setting, you know, and they've got things that they want to accomplish either, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually to, you know, just tune in because we've got some great guests that I think will really inspire you, really help you uh, achieve your goals for uh, 2019. That is awesome. And an awesome setup as well, D2. For the guest who will kick it all off this year for us and all of us in Run ATL, and that is Bart Yasso coming your way. He is the mayor of running. For those of you who have not heard his name or know any of his story, he was the chief running officer at Runner's World magazine for over 30 years. He has traveled around the world meeting and inspiring runners of every single ability. He joins me as someone who believes he has the greatest job in the world. His personality and his story is so enlightening and so encouraging because of all he's done and, more importantly, all he is willing to share. There is no reason to delay. We are going to take a very quick break, and after this, message. We will get right to it with our first featured conversation of 2019, Mr. Bart Yasso. Do your feet hurt? Feel any discomfort in your joints or lower back when you run? Your shoes might be the root of the problem. Whatever your fitness level, your feet should be comfortable and your shoes shouldn't be the cause of an injury or keep you from achieving your fitness goals. 
Come into any of our seven Big Peach Running Company locations for a free three-step fit process, including a video gait analysis. Our professional fitters will help get you into shoes that fit so you can enjoy running, walking, or any activity that requires you to be on your feet. Our 100% satisfaction guarantee will give you peace of mind if your new shoes don't live up to your expectations. Simply return them. No problems, no hassles, no time limit. We want to make sure you're completely happy with your shoes so you can achieve your fitness goals. Visit Big Peach Running Company today. And welcome back to the Ron ATL Podcast. D2, man, I love this opportunity for us and equally as much for our listeners. This is a treat, a terrific way to kick off 2019 and, of course, the new Run ATL podcast. We have the one, the only, Bart Yasso with us today. Bart, it is good to see you, my friend. Mike, good to see you, and D2, nice to meet you, and uh, I love you guys, man. Big Peach Running Company is an awesome, awesome brand. Well, we've been to your stores. It's a, it's a cool Cool place. Well, we appreciate you saying that, of course, and I love the fact that you mentioned the term brand because I know you've been around a number of brands, but truly, and I say this not just because of my affection for you and who you are as an individual, but you are a brand. And I think that brand, when I think of Bart Yasso, I do think of someone who is always encouraging, who is super enthusiastic and has tremendous amounts of expertise to give to others, and, and we've said previously in our pre-show meeting, D2 and I thought, well, if we could just present BART to the entire Atlanta running community or maybe all of its citizens in general, what are those things that he would tell us? So I'm not going to just hit you with a bunch of really, really tactical questions. Instead, as we go into this new year, what I want to do is just kind of get the best of BART and have our ability to share it in a way that everybody benefits. So for those of you out there as our listeners who maybe have not yet had a chance to get to know Bart, here are some things you should know. He was with Runner's World for 40 years. In addition, he's done over a thousand races of every single distance. We'll talk maybe a little bit about the marathon, whether you are a marathoner or even ever intend to do a marathon, you'll find a lot of his life lessons that will leak into what he learned from the marathon and kind of things he has shared with others about that race. He has cycled across the country on multiple occasions. Yes, he is an Ironman. We've talked to people who have done bad water in the past. He is one of those people as well. But most importantly, he is someone who can say not just as an author, but he has lived his life on the run. That is a name of a book of his that will be celebrating his 10-year anniversary, a decade of my life on the run. So Bart, with that as just a quick introduction. First thing, okay. I know you started running a long, long, long time ago. And I've had a chance to kind of get to know your story a little bit. But for those who won't see it until they get to the show notes, but would prefer to hear it from you, what kicked this 50-plus year running career off for you? Yeah, Mike, you know what happened? You know, everyone thinks, oh, you must have been a professional runner and a great collegiate runner or high school runner, and none of that is true. Uh, I really got into running. Uh, I wanted a change in lifestyle. I didn't want to be out of shape. You know, I thought 
drinking beer, smoking pot was a cool thing to do in my past time. <laughs> you know, talking years ago, and I said, you know what, I really need to get serious here and uh, make a life change. And I use running as a way just to stay focused and to get in shape, never knowing I would fall in love with running and continue to do it the rest of my life. Uh, but it was just this, you know, this crazy idea to head out and run one mile one night. Uh, cut off jeans, belt, Budweiser t-shirt, uh, white tube socks up to my knees, pair of kids. I made it a mile. <laughs> it seemed like a long way. And then, uh, you know, the journey started right there. And I just continued. One mile turns into three miles. Twice a week turns into four times a week. I mean, you know the routine. You just start somewhere. But, man, if I showed that picture of what I looked like when I headed out for that first run, you know, I had long hair, beard, like cut off jeans. I think that's, the, you know, that's not the proper attire, as you would know, but uh, that's, where I, that's where I got started. And I, I, I always think if I came back from that run, somebody greeted me and said, hey, you're going to run all over the world. You're going to work at Runner's World magazine. You're going to get interviewed on on podcasts. I would have said, well, you're out of your mind. Like, I just wanted to go for another mile or two-mile run in a couple of days. But that's what happened to me. I literally end up running all over the world, uh, turning running into my not only my passion but my living. And uh, it's been an incredible journey. The thing none of us know when we're on the outside is how – connecting the running community is how it connects us all and how we all become friends and how we all encourage each other and support each other and you don't know that till you're entrenched in it and once you once you get involved in this running community it's a powerful awesome place to be and of course the running community is a lot larger these days back from back when i started uh but you know that that's what it's all about I, my tagline, never limit where running can take you physically, geographically, emotionally, spiritually. It's a powerful sport. And, uh, you know, you got to use it to your advantage and to uh, help others and support others. And that's what it's all about. The community is pretty powerful. There are groups of people that uh, there are runners that try to win races and make a living doing it. There's others that just want to finish races. And there's some that are just on those beginning steps that we need to get them out there and get them involved in this running community. And I do that a lot by sharing my story. I don't want to. I don't want to call it a Bart Yasso story. It's more of a running story. You know, uh, I I lived that never limit where running could take you. I took on every challenge sent my way when I worked at Runner's World. They said, you know, hey, you got to go off and run this Badwater 146 mile race in Death Valley in July. Everyone else on the staff was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Bart will do it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, that kind of stuff just always came my way. I never turned anything down. I looked at everything as an opportunity, and I looked at everything like it opens up another door for me. And that's how I treated my – the way I just advanced at, at Runner's World and how I did different things in the running community, whether it's – uh you know, getting inducted into these Hall of Fames and the stuff that happens after many years. I, I, none of this I thought would be possible. It's just uh, its amazing to me to sit back and think of all the stuff I was able to do. And I owe it all to the sport of running. 
Well, and, and obviously you're someone who, whether it comes your way or whether you seek it out, you're just going to drive ahead. You are going to go for it. And you mentioned how, just like the rest of us, it starts with one step or one mile, whether you were kind of one of those individuals who fell out of Woodstock and onto the road and then made one th mile become three, a couple of days become four or five. And then on the other side of that spectrum is that individual who you mentioned who may just be getting started. So you've seen such a wide swath of persons who have been affiliated with this sport. What we know is we're taping this in December of 2018. This will release in January. And as I mentioned to you before, D2 fired up the mic. This is our kind of our kickoff sure. for 2019. So for that person, Bart, who's wondering, my goodness, could 2019 be the year? Even if I never intend to become as close to the sport as Mike or D2 or certainly Bariasso has, I just want to do it consistently. I just want to do it for me and for those who I care about. What would you say to them? You are turning in. Everybody should know this. It is your birthday today as we tape. You are turning 63 in our midst through this audio and video right now. And so now thinking back all those years ago, what still applies, whether it was to your first few steps or to theirs when they begin in 2019? Yeah, the, the beauty of the sport of running, there's no shortcuts. You got to be really smart as you get involved in this sport and set those goals and figure out what you want to get out of the sport. Do you want to... Do you want to work at a running store and make a living doing it? Do you want to be a runner that you know finishes a couple marathons, or do you want to run a marathon in all fifty states, or a half marathon in all fifty states, or or travel the world and run races, or just be happy with the benefits of weight control, stress release, all the good things we get from running? You know, you really just got to figure out what you want to get out of it, and the sport will give it back to you uh, if you're smart about it, and I always suggest people to do what you can to be involved in the running community. Volunteer at a race. It's not all about running races and that kind of – there's so many things you could do, and you can encourage others. And, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the things I really drive home to people, and this is for a beginner or someone who's been doing it for 50 years, there's so many inspirational stories out there, and so many people are inspirational, inspirational. But they don't think they are. And that's where you have to realize that when you're going out there, not only are you making your life better, staying healthy and getting all the benefits, somebody's watching you. And whether it's a neighbor or someone that you work with or someone at church or wherever you encounter these people. And they may never say to you, you know, but they're watching. And they see you get healthy and maybe drop a little weight and then all of a sudden show up put some metal around your neck as you walk into the house and get out of your car. And that's what inspires others. And the more people we get involved with this sport, the healthier our country is going to be and, you know, healthier, like the greater Atlanta area is going to be. And that's a really good thing to have. So I, always, I want people to, to realize how inspirational they are. You don't have to win these races. You don't even have to finish in the middle of the pack. You finish these races, you're going to inspire other people. And I find people don't realize that. And uh, But I want people to, to embrace the community, to really play a, some kind of role, do a little more than you think uh, it's possible to do. And I, I find volunteering at races really opens up a lot of doors for people. Uh, they realize 
uh, you know, people at the back of the pack. It's not that they didn't train. It's not that they don't have athletic ability. They may have some story that we just don't even know about. Could be a someone that's battling cancer. Or, you know, some something they're out there. There's a reason why we're why they're out there. And I, you tend to find that out better when you volunteer at a race. And it really is really encourage you to say, wow, this is the sport for me. This is where I want to be. And, uh, and then you stick around and then, you know, your path may change. 2019, you may think, okay, I want to conquer a few marathons or half marathons. And then who knows what's down the road? Uh, you know, you just never know what, what this sport will, how it'll affect you in a positive way and where you can go with it. And, uh, Maybe managing a big peach running company store, something like you just don't know. <laughs> you know, you really don't know. But that's that. But you have to take those steps, and that's what I encourage people: do not limit yourself. Think big, and think long term. I always want people to think about being a runner for life, and encourage others to join you and see what happens. You know, I when I walked into my office at Runner's World every day. Every single day I walked through the door in my office and I said to myself, I have to turn someone into a runner today that's not a runner, doesn't think they could ever be a runner, and I got to figure out a way to do that. And, you know, I did it many different ways. It was a lot easier to do when social media came along and the Internet came along. Uh, but I always did that. And I always tried to figure out uh, how to reach people that aren't runners and try to convince them to be a runner. And then I always said my job was just to convince them to take those first couple steps. And then they end up involved with a running group or, or go to a running store or do that first race. And then they're hooked because then the running community takes over and I can back away because the running community is so powerful. Uh, you, they're going to find someone that's just like them or they connect with these people and then it's all over. They're hooked and it's all good after that. But it's, it's getting people to take those first steps. Nobody wants to go somewhere where they don't feel they're like the other people doing this. So, you know, if they only see, oh, they saw a couple of clips on TV of the Peachtree Road Race and they see the first 20 finishers, a lot of us don't look like that and we don't run that fast, so they may be intimidated. But if they really look at the Peachtree Road Race and check towards the back of the pack or the middle of the pack, they say, okay. He or she looks just like me. If they're out there, why am I not out there? You know, and that's sometimes what it takes, just uh, getting people to take that first step. And then I know the, the running community will take them to the next level. What, what an awesome, the thing that came to mind as I heard you say that, Bart, was it's almost like training wheels as it relates to you can get them started or someone else might. I mean, we hear stories all the time about that neighbor, that coworker, that cousin or friend or family member who happened to make a lifestyle change or sign up for a race or mention that they were going for a run the next day and there was just something that stuck with them. And then at the end of the day, somebody pulled the training wheels off and everything was fine because the running community had come alongside or they had embedded themselves in right. that running community and now they didn't need the training wheels that was that first person, maybe even you, who yeah. had gotten them started or encouraged them off the start line. Yeah. I'll tell so, you my – oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so let me unpack a couple of the notes that I just took. I mean your belief is to get started, take a few steps, but set a goal. It may just yep. be a few blocks, 
for the first few weeks, or it may be a few miles or a few races, but set a goal. It sounds like yes. you very much believe to take those first two steps, you need to have a goal in mind. Yes. Next, you mentioned how, whether it was the running community, a running store, others around, get involved. It might be yeah. volunteering. Yeah. It might be joining a running club. It might be showing up at a group run at Big Peach Running Company. But you obviously are a big believer in getting involved. Let me go to this part where now we say it at Big Peach Running Company that no matter how many races you do, no matter how many runs you complete, there is no finish line. It changes. We keep moving the goalpost backwards, right? It's like, well, you may never have a desire to be faster or go further, but you have a desire to keep doing it. So what is the it? Is it because I'm one year older today as it is your birthday that you still want to make sure you go out and do a couple of miles? Or is it for somebody who's starting 2019 as a pretty seasoned and committed runner that they want to find someone that they can kind of take under their wing Sure. And share the enthusiasm they have, but always setting a goal and then continuously moving it out so you have something to pursue. Thinking back about all the things that you've done, how have you continued to keep goals and targets fresh? It's not like you just set one at the beginning of 2018 and here we are almost a year later and you can say, sweet, for the first time I accomplished it. You've been doing it for truly a lifetime. How do you keep goals fresh? How do you keep setting them again and again and again? Yeah. So, Mike, I have this quote, and it's it's in a book called Race Everything that I that I worked on. And I always said, when the gun go, so when you're at a race, when the gun goes off, we all follow the same path to the finish line. But all of us take very unique ways to get to the starting line, and that's where it's at to get to that starting line. So I always use that quote as my motivation. And when I when I first did that quote, I was thinking, okay, that quote is for the person that gets to the finish line for the first time. Like we all take these unique paths, but it's not because stuff happens in life. You know, I contracted Lyme disease, was very ill. I had problems walking. You know, it took me a while to get back in the running. So I took another unique path to get to the starting line. Uh, you know, I'll use Dave McGilvery as an example. The race director of the Boston Marathon just had heart surgery for the third time. And I sent him that quote. And, you know, he wants to run the Boston Marathon. He directs it and runs it. Uh, so he's taken another unique path to get to that starting line. The finish line is the celebration, but the starting line is really where it's at. I mean, if you don't get to start, you never <laughs> you can't finish. So the starting line is really... What, how I keep my goals, and I always remind myself luck, how lucky we are to do this physically, that we have the abilities to run, because there's some people that will never have that chance. And then I, you know, in my years at Runner's World, I traveled the world to do races. I've done races on all seven continents, literally traveled all over the world. And I've been to a lot of places where culturally it's not a it's not encouraged or really, really not even accepted to just run free through the streets. And we have that opportunity. Uh, so we, I always remind people, we are the lucky ones. Uh, so, you know, and that's how I set goals. I don't have time goals anymore. You know, what time I'm going to get in a marathon or half marathon or 5k, but I still set goals. Uh, you know, I want to stay involved with the sport. I want to stay involved with the running community. And those are the goals I set. You know, I may 
set a goal in 2019 to say, okay, you know, I want I want a tangible number that 500 or whatever it is that I can honestly say I got those 500 people in the running and now they're out there doing races and, you know, I got the tweet or email or whatever to, to connect with them somehow and encourage them to do that. So there's different ways to, to set goals and I, I still setting those goals. But, you know, they're, for me, it's not about – for a lot of beginning runners, it should be a time goal on a specific distance, whether it's a 5K, half marathon, marathon, whatever it is, uh, and try to improve. And then for those who have been running a lot, it could be, you know, a time goal in a – different age group or you know we get older like i am <laughs> you slow down a bit you can do goals like that but uh but there's other goals to set to you know to connect with the community or, or do what you do but I, I use that quote all the time we when the gun goes off we all follow the same path to the finish line but there are very many unique ways we get to those starting lines and that could change as you stay involved with the sport for for many years that's so what I use to keep myself motivated, and I try to pass that on the, to the runners that I meet. Well, and you mentioned some runners may have time goals. I know I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about one of the things that you are so well known for, rightfully so. Your buddy, Ambi, gave it the Yasso term to preface yep. it, the Yasso 800s. Yasso 800s. For those who are time goal oriented, for those who may have a marathon in their future, whether that's this year in 2019 or whether it's down the road as they continue to set goals that are further and further out. What was the origin of that for you? Obviously, you were training at a pretty high level for yourself, found something that must have worked for a sample size of one, presumably you, yeah, but that's then true. must have done some kind of research, whether it would have been validated by the University of Pennsylvania or not, I don't know. But it seemingly worked for a lot of people, including yours truly, Bart. When I was also running and racing at a much different level than I find myself today, I put that to the test, and it proved to be very true for me as well. So maybe a little setup as to what you did to kind of discover that, and then ultimately what you would say about it now for someone who is thinking about a marathon at some point. Yeah, so my first marathon was 38 years ago. I have no idea why I did a workout 10 times 800 with a 400-meter recovery, but I did. It was my favorite track workout. We did a lot of track workouts back then. Uh, so I'd go to that track, you know, run three miles somewhere as a warm-up, get to that track, 10 times 800, 400-meter recovery, and then a three-mile cool down. And uh, I'd write the you know, what I would average the 800s. And that's when I saw a correlation in my training logs where what I averaged for 10 times 800 tend to be the correlation of what I ran in the marathon. Of course, the 800s was in minutes and seconds, and then the marathon time in hours and minutes. Yep. Uh, but, you know, if I ran a 10 800s in two minutes and 40 seconds, I would tend to run a 240 marathon. So that's where this correlation was. And Ambi Burfoot, who gentleman who won the Boston Marathon has written multiple running books and uh, was the editor of at Runner's War for many, many years. He was the one that thought, this is genius, because we always had trouble explaining workouts in the magazine. And uh, and I'm talking before the internet was around, when we were, when uh, Ambi, I told Ambi about this workout, and he was convinced this is the greatest thing, And uh, but he named him after me because I have an unusual last name. <laughs> 
kind of name like Yahoo or Google. <laughs> you know, he said, uh, he said, Yasso 800s are going to stick. And I thought he was crazy. <laughs> um, but Ambi was a genius. He, he knew. And then uh, right after the article appeared in Runner's World, this thing came along called the Internet. And uh, then the Yasso 800s really took off because then people spread the word and uh, people still do them. But it's not based on science. That's the thing, you know, and some people it doesn't work for. Some people it does. Uh, some people will send me a thread, you know, they're bashing Yasso 800s. And someone will say, you got to get on here and say, you know, defend Yasso 800s. And I always say, no, I don't. I, <laughs> said, I only ever said they work for one person. They work for me. I can prove it in my training log. But, you know, if it doesn't work for everyone, but, you know, you got to try different things. But it is it is. You know, I always kid people, I always kid with people, don't ever have a workout named after you because people curse your name. I see that a lot on the internet. <laughs> uh, but it is fun to have a workout named after you in the big picture. And uh, Ambi really knew what he was doing when he wrote that piece. And uh, it was fun working with him on it. And that was uh, literally uh, 1993 that was in the magazine. And then, like I said, the internet came along and the Oscar 800s took off. And uh but it is a it is a tough workout, and you know maybe a lot of people who do it never really did tough track workouts. So it could be just being uh, going on a track for the first time gets people out there and improves their leg speed, and they run faster times, and they run that correlation of Yasso eight hundreds. But so D- I can I can put you on the spot. D two Bart is training for a marathon. In fact, one he did uh, last year. It is coming up very much in his scope. Have you done? The Yasso 800 yet, D2, and would you commit to doing it? And you could speak very candidly. I know Bart well enough to know that if you politely decline, he'll be okay with that. Oh, yeah. Listeners, I would love to find out (laughs) real time, full scale, between now and the end of January, whether you could commit to that and then test it. Well, I have not done it. Um, I, I, I've, I've, I have heard of the uh, Yasso 800s. I have not done it yet. And as I'm hearing you, uh, you know, describe it, I'm like going, I should probably do this. I should probably go out and so, um, so yeah. I, uh, I think I, I, I think I'll do it. Yep. All right. Awesome. I love to hear collective accountability is yeah. uh, is one of the tenets of the Run ATL podcast, and there it is. Again. All right, Bart. One of the things that I think is also very fun is the knowledge that you're also a national champion. And when you hear that and you think of your background, people would say, well, for sure, it's in running alone. But that's not true. The biathlon. Tell us how that kind of came to be and where that particular collection of disciplines ended up as part of your present day and now is very much a part of your story. Yeah, it was an interesting race when I won the the big race. But the uh, you know I started doing triathlons in the early '80s. It was a new sport at the time, and uh, you know mostly runners were coming into doing triathlons. A couple cyclists and a couple swimmers, but most of the people came from a running background back then in the early '80s. I used to do a couple triathlons. I started winning a couple triathlons, and I thought, okay, I should take this a little more seriously, and uh, I did, and. You know, did the Ironman and all that stuff, but uh, but I really was never crazy about swimming, and it wasn't so much the sport of swimming; it was like going to a pool or going somewhere. You know, like I loved running, opening up my door and heading out for a run, and same with bike. You know, I'd literally 
take my bike right out of my living room and go for a bike ride and go for a run. The swimming always had to go somewhere to swim. So I just didn't do a lot of it. So that's when I said, you know, I got a the biathlon was big at the time. Some were called duathlon, some were called biathlons. Uh, but it was basically the, the bike run segments. And uh, I was always better at longer stuff. So they had this long course championship, uh, which was held in north of New York City in Harriman State Park. And uh, I just remember being on that run, doing pretty well on the run. And I got on the bike and, man, I had a good day on the bike. And I was always a little better cyclist than a runner. Okay. And I got on that bike and I just had one of those days. There was a guy on a, you know, not a moped, but a small, like 50C or 100C motorcycle. And he's in front of me and I was catching him on the uphill up Bear Mountain. And he was, this guy was freaking out how fast I was riding my bike. And uh, I just remember getting off my bike with the lead. And then we had this out and back uh 10k so 5k out and 5k back and then that 5k heading out i was convinced that i could hear i could hear these footsteps behind me and i was killing myself to win this race i said i'm not letting anyone catch me i don't care about these footsteps i just kept trying to pick up the pace and run as fast as i could and then we got to the turnaround at this cone and we started heading back and there was nobody there those footsteps were in my head i had like a I had like a minute and a half lead at the turnaround. I didn't even know. I heard those footsteps the whole 3.1 miles out to that cone, and there was nobody there. And that so, was, I literally, and then, you know, I knew I had the race won and heading back, and I thought, wow, this is pretty cool. And then Sports Illustrated called me the next day. I was like, dang, this is the real deal. This is kind of fun. Uh, but that was years of, you know, you're talking over 30 years ago. I can't do that stuff anymore. Well, and, and, and I knew that when I asked the question, and, and I want to ask something that is present day, and it ties into that, recognizing that all of us should continue to celebrate our accomplishments as we go forward, and of course, as time ticks by. But before I do, I, I want to unpack that statement that you just mentioned in terms of those footsteps in your head, because I think, for me, I also think that can happen to all of us, whether it is literal, like it was in that race for you, or whether yeah. it is why we elect not to get out of bed and go do it one more day, or why we elect to throttle back when we're having a marginal day already and just say, we'll take it easy. Those footsteps in your head, my guess, oftentimes can be as figurative as they are literal on that day in 1987. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. I put those footsteps in my head. They were not there. And we it's so easy to talk yourself out of a run and say, you know what, I shouldn't go out and run. I got to do this at work. I got to do this at home. I got to do this. And then we don't do it. But it's the worst thing to do. We, if we head out and run, good things happen afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about good things happening because yeah. one of the things that as we look into our crystal ball, we do not know what kind of condition – our citizens in and around where our stores are located or perhaps more sizably what it might look like in the United States or North America or even globally. But here's what I know as we go into a new year. And Big Peach Running Company, our mission since the earliest day was to grow, to support, and to enhance the pedestrian active lifestyle. And similar to you and some of 
the encouragement that you obviously take so seriously where if I can just get one more person to go out and maybe get out that front door in a way that they put one step in front of the other at least once or perhaps until somebody else brings them along and they do it more regularly. As we go into this new year, there are a uh, dozen states that are at 35 plus percent obesity rates. Yeah. There are 25 plus states that have over a third of their citizens at an obesity rate. I know you're spending your time kind of split between Pennsylvania and Maryland these days. Pennsylvania joins Georgia as one of those states that are worst in class right now. And so people like you and organizations like us, it can be really frustrating. We're like, oh, how is that the case? We've been doing this for so long. We've been trying so hard. And certainly we have these terrific memories where we've made a difference, where we've had impact. And then we see those studies and we realize there's still so much more that needs to be done. So you think about that national championship of yours 32 years ago and now going into a brand new year and a statistic like that. You've never given up. Uh, I've never given up. What is it that we need to be doing? Whether it's the three of us on this conversation, whether it's Big Peach Running Company as an organization, or whether it's as a society to push back against these really depressing, disappointing, damaging statistics that suggest our country is in poorer shape today than it was when you did that national championship race. Yeah, it is. uh, Well, first thing is starting with the youth. That's where it's at. Um, Emily just walked in the door, Anne's daughter, from school. And I had her, I, I was on the bike, she was out running. That was about a couple weeks ago. First run, she did it. Emily, come on over here a second. Emily, well done. Emily, come in right over here. This is Emily. Emily, Mike hello. Hello. the city of Atlanta on Run Hi. ATL podcast. Yeah, say hello, Emily. Hi. So I did not force you to do that mile run. No. I mean, I mapped out the course. I knew you were going to run a mile. But what I was hoping that this would be what Emily would like. And, I, you know, I'm not saying that she wants to be a runner for life, but I had to expose her to running. She ran the mile. You were sore. She liked it. You were sore. <laughs> Kyle, well, be honest. Uh, it was kind of hard. Like, kind of. Yeah. But was it satisfying or gratifying when you finished, even though it was hard while you were doing it? Yeah. There you go. So, I mean, if we start with youth, we can't go wrong because then it'll be a lifestyle and make change. Now, Emily's mom, my, my girlfriend, Anne, is a very serious athlete, and she sets the tone in this family. And then I want all the kids to, to, to follow. But that, I, you know, if we start with youth, we're going to have – uh, we're going to make big change in this country. And then youth can can inspire their parents because, these, you know, they see these kids. You know, the thing about running is when you see an adult run, you know, they look like they're in pain. They make these strange faces. I'm guilty of it. When you see kids run, they smile the whole time. Now, Emily may not have been smiling when she finished, but she was smiling when she was out there because I was right next to her on the bike. She was pretty happy. And that's what, you know. These kids can then inspire their because they're come home and their parents are realizing they're they're loving this. They're you know they're seeing improvement. They're getting better, and that's where it really takes off. And we need we need to stop obesity in this country because it's just it's it's just awful to think that 
younger people today will not live as long as their parents. That is a stat that just scares me uh, because the advances in met in medicine are incredible. But if you put your self in such a risk at such a young age, it's going to be with you the rest of your life. Uh, and I meet those weight loss people in, in running. I mean, when someone walks up to you and they honestly have the guts to share their story and they look me right in the eye and say, you know, I used to weigh 450 pounds tomorrow. I'm running this marathon. And I, I you know, they're embarrassed by it. And I, I tell them, please do not be embarrassed. Share your story. Share it everywhere because you're going to inspire other people. And uh, that that's what we need to do. We need to get we need to share those stories of people that have made change and that are out there, you know, being healthy and doing all the right things. That's what we need to we need to share. And that's one thing we're guilty of not doing. And one of the problems with running is a lot of the stuff is fragmented. The races, the running, you know, independent running stores. So there's no like real governing body that just constantly shares everything. We do have Running USA. We do have USA Track and Field. We have the RRCA. So we have a lot of organizations, but there's no one place where everyone can go and get a lot of information. So, I mean, they go to Big Peach and you can get information. Someone can get started and, you know, uh, but it's hard to. It's hard to funnel all the info in one place. But if we could share a lot of the stories of what people accomplished, we could absolutely put a dent in this obesity in this country, which would be a tremendous, would save so much money in healthcare care uh, that could then fund education for better diets and things like that. It would be incredible. And running can play that role. Uh, we just have to get more people out there. Well, and, and that is so true, and, and I love starting with the youth. Obviously, being around teenagers, both of us, that makes a big difference for me to be able to see it. It has helped me want to make sure I stay in as much of tip-top shape as I can so that I can do those types of things with my kids. And then what you said, Bart, I think is a great reminder for all of us. I know for me, and that is just share it. You know, it's not religion or politics. You shouldn't walk into your family reunion or into your office place and keep it to yourself right. that you went for a walk or for a run. You should be proud of that distinction that you are an athlete and know that you have the ability to rub off on others and perhaps be that inspiration you were talking about earlier. And in the face of less time being dedicated to physical education, to fewer resources in right. so many communities in terms of finding places that are both safe and memorable as a way to go for a walk, a ride, or a run. We are pushing some water uphill, so we might as well do it together together because we're going to be stronger that way. Yeah. So, you, Mike, perfect example. Like, everyone doesn't know you do all these group runs out of your stores. You know, not everyone in the greater Atlanta area knows the youth programs that the Atlanta Track Club has. Once you get involved, you know, but it's those first steps to get people that that don't know about this. That's the hard problem, to get to those people that we just are hard to reach, that just don't understand the resources that are out there that are going to help them to make change. So, so that is so true, and although it could have been – a setup, I suppose, for us to shamelessly promote our group runs. I'm going to do it anyway. For those of you who have not seen this webpage, there is only one day of the week that Big Peach Running Company does not have a group run. That is on Friday. There is a group run 
every day except for Friday. There is a listing on our website as to whether it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. Friday is out, but Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday are on. We'll make sure to include that in the show notes. I love the fact, Bart, that you mentioned the Atlanta Track Club. They have a program, as you know, called Kilometer Kids. So, so heavily focused on the youth, doing some things that, quite frankly, I'm not so sure the school systems will ever get back to doing. We've had guests of a variety of acumen on this podcast, and I remember multiple guests saying, well, they got their start because there was a classmate they wanted to beat in PE, or they had to run the mile in a certain amount of time in order to pass PE. And we're not talking about running a 530 mile. They needed to do it in nine and a half or 10 minutes. And yet that started this maybe love or love-hate relationship, but still a consistency that quite frankly is not going to be available if we don't find other ways to bring it to them. Let me ask you this. As we look into the future, you mentioned running store, and you're obviously familiar with our business for our listeners. Bart and I first got to know each other on a panel. Interestingly enough, Bart, I don't know if you remember this, was a cycling Cycling industry event, and they wanted to kind of learn from those of us in the running industry. So I know you know this industry inside and out, and not asking as a proprietor of a collection of local running stores, but just an enthusiast for the sport. What do you see being a big hit? Whether it's an event or product or, you know, social media, what do you see being a big hit or a big plus for running as you look at maybe the months and years to come? Yeah, well, social media has been a big plus to our sport where people can share their stories and reach out to others and inspire others. Social media has been awesome. I'd love to use it. I'm pretty active on on my social media platform, and I encourage others to do the same. Uh, the technology that we have now that wasn't around in the old days, I tell people to embrace it, but don't let it control your life. You can actually do a run and not post it on Facebook or, you know, you can do a run without a GPS. You know, the I the one of the beauties of running is its simplicity, yep, uh, yep. But, but I love for people to take advantage of the technology so they know how far they're running and they, you know, can see improvement. And, uh, you know, I, I do... Uh, I do worry about uh, people running with music because I don't want people to be distracted and I want them to be aware of their surroundings. So, but there's newer technology where you're not plugged into your ears. Yep. Uh, so, you know, take advantage of this stuff. But that's what I see. I see the, the sport growing through the, the make stuff making our sport more fun and then people really having their own little platform where they can share what they're doing and show their improvement and you know when they when they post these happy photos crossing the finish line and show why they do it that's what really helps people it's not you, you know you don't do things in a braggadocious way you do things how why you're doing it and how much you enjoy it and those are the social medias that really uh really take off and you know there's a lot of I see a lot of runners gravitate towards groups that are similar to them. You know, whether they're they have young kids, and you know, there's a mom that wants to run, and they got young kids, or you know, uh, there's a lot of groups now that black girls run and black men run. So there's a lot of groups that people, you know, that's a way that they can get involved, and then they can expand from there. Uh, but that's that stuff is it's so powerful, and that's that's what I when the future of running and to get our sport to grow, 
social media platforms are going to play a major role in that. And, and these groups that uh, really encourage others. And a lot of those groups are using social media uh, to bring in new members. Well, I love the fact that the two terms, social and fun, which were not historically yeah. connected with the sport of running. It was more that man or woman who seemingly was all out there by him or herself. Yeah. And now we use social. And fun, we recognize there's that oft-used quote, it does not need to be fun to be fun. But running can be fun oh, yeah. with people who have similar interests, who you care about, they're your loved ones. So social and fun very much is part of the vernacular around running two more things bart i want to be sensitive to your time first of all how about your running today give us a little oh, yeah. you go into a new year just like the rest of us kind of what you have pegged or what you're thinking about and then i'm going to finish up with a question that is going to allow us to go to a break but just to set your mind it is going to encourage all of us as we go into a new year kind of hearing from the mayor of running what you would tell us to be thinking about and get ready to start doing so that's coming Okay. But first, how about you? What does 2000 yeah, so, look So I got crazy, and uh, next year is going to be 30 years since I did my first ultra, ultra marathon, meaning, uh, you know, a dis distance over 26.2 miles. And I did Badwater 146 miles as my first ultra, which I don't suggest, but uh, <laughs> I did it as a work aside. But uh, I actually entered a 50K trail run in Maryland near where my girlfriend Ann lives. Oh, and, congratulations. Uh, and, Convinced Ann into doing it, and it's her first ultra. So, wow, thirty years of doing ultras for me and her first. So it's kind of neat to have that uh, that nice connection. But it was just one of those things. Uh, you know, I was able to run a little bit more lately. I had some uh, treatments that I did this summer for my Lyme disease. I did these uh, blood irradiation treatments, which were really hard on the body, but they help long term. Is what the uh, idea was, and it seemed to work out. So. So I'm running eight miles every once in a while, which you know is not the greatest long runs for doing a 50k, a 31 mile race, but but it'll <laughs> suffice. And uh, but yeah, I, that's my goal leading into 2019: do this 50k and uh, you know get ready for it. We're training together, Ann and I, and uh, we'll see what happens. But it really is, you know, I'm I'm looking at it as a fun thing to do. Uh, so you know. 50k on the trails it can't go wrong it's something i used to do a lot and love to do uh, but you know i don't have that mileage <laughs> like the old days so you know when i used to it was literally like i used to run eight miles every morning at six o'clock in the morning get my eight mile run in and that was just to kick off the day and then at night i would run eight to ten miles whether it was a track workout or a hill workout or just a eight to ten mile run on the trail whatever it was and then uh so these days, what I do, I usually run three or four days a week, and uh, I'll do some other cross-training stuff, but I really keep my running to a minimum these days just because I had a lot of health problems. So I really want to be smart. I want to be a runner for life, so I don't overdo it. I listen to my body. So I think of those old days of running in the morning and the afternoon. So now I just do one run, but I don't start since I'm retired from runner's world and, <laughs> and that retirement mode, I can do my run whenever. So I head out for my run about 11.45 or 11.50 a.m. And then, uh, so if I head out at 11.50, 11 miles into my morning run, it turns into my afternoon run. <laughs> 12.30 or, you know, I get a 40-minute run in and it's my morning run and my afternoon run all lumped into one. And it's just awesome. 
And I see people out on the trails where I run, and I see other runners, and they all they all say the same thing to me. Say the same thing every time they see me. They go, "Man, we're just so happy to see you out here, still doing this stuff." Because a lot of them know how many years I've been doing it, and and that's what other runners want to do. And uh, you know, so it's it's fun to still be out there, and I'm excited about doing this 50k. I'm uh, I'm like a little kid in a candy store right now. It's uh, it's a fun thing to, you know, when I signed up. Uh, it was uh, it was fun, and you know what? I got I got hooked into doing it on a podcast. I did this podcast, and it was for ultra, about ultra running. And I just I just saw a tweet that day that this race sold out, and it was the first time I saw an ultra where there were more women than men in this ultra. So I just mentioned it, and then sure enough, the race director tweeted me, and I got on a wait list, and then they had some openings, and bam, I'm. Uh, and then my girlfriend Ann said, "Well, if you're doing it, I should do it." And uh, that you know, stuff just goes from there. That that's uh, the but, way it's supposed to work. And uh, hopefully, we'll give you something to to think about as well. Since another podcast got you into the ultra run, you got your girlfriend into that race, and and now we're going to keep tabs on you and look forward to hearing Dave yeah. and I finally share with you an affinity for long distance trail runs. Here's what I want to do before we go to a break, Bart, and I'm gonna indicate this as something that you're aware of but sets the stage so last time you and i connected it was at the ajc peachtree road race in 2018 as you likely know next year will be the 50th anniversary of that event awesome if we had a platform in front of all of those runners on july 4th and had the opportunity to hand you the microphone to just say a couple of words to everyone who was at that starting line and as you know when you've got 60 plus thousand people, you have people who are very, very confident they're in the right place. Oh, yeah. People who are quaking in their running shoes that they yeah. don't know how they ended up there. You have people, yeah. literally one person who we'll talk to, I'm sure, this year who will be doing it for the 50th time. There is one yeah. person. I, I and there'll that. be all kinds of people who will yeah. be doing it for the first time. And yeah. to your point earlier, so many different paths to that starting line. Yeah. So if you had a chance to address all those people at that race, many Atlantans and others, yeah. and get them to feel even better about the sport when they wake up the following day on July 5th, what would you tell them? Yeah, first thing I would do is tell them, you know, people up in the front aren't going to do it, but the rest of the corrals and, you know, I could probably get 58,000 of the 60,000 and do it, like literally – Reach to the person next to you, behind you, in front of you, shake their hand, give them a hug, whatever they're cool with, and just ask them how they got started. You know, I, I we, and people will be amazed what got people into it. And I'll use a perfect example. I, uh, I was at the San Francisco Marathon a bunch of years ago, and uh, it was maybe like 2010, something like that. And uh, I met this guy the day before. I just remember his name was Alexis. He was from Miami. That's all I knew. And uh, so like eight miles into the marathon the next day, and I was struggling. I was having a rough day. Uh, this guy, I look over, and it's the guy I, you know, he came to my talk the day before, and I remember him talking to me afterwards, and I said, hey, Alexis, I remember you from yesterday. And he couldn't believe I remembered his name. And I said, I know you're from Miami. And he said, can I run with you? And I said, sure. So we ran together for about four or five miles, and then I looked right at him, and I said, okay, 
give it to me. How did you get into this sport? What got you here? You know, we're at this whatever 17 mile mark of the San Francisco Marathon. What got you into this sport? And man, this guy shared his story. It turns out he kayaked out of Cuba, 63 hours in a kayak with his with his friend. They they um, they ran out of food. They ran out of water. They almost got run over by giant ships in a shipping lane. They all the stuff that happened, but they paddled that kayak for 63 hours for freedom and for a better life. And this guy became a very successful teacher in the Miami area. And, you know, now he's out here running marathons and he's spreading the running log wherever he goes. And I was like, wow, his story was captivating. Uh, and I'll tell you, when he started the story, by the time he finished, we were almost at the finish line. And those last 10 miles of the marathon, I don't remember. I just remember his story. Uh, and that's what I would love for people to do, to really share with each other how they got into the sport and what it means to them. And that's how we could really spread the love and, and keep this unity going that we have. You know, we're so lucky to have such a, a powerful running community. And that's what I want to I want it to expand and I want it to become even more than it is now. And that's what I would do to tell everyone right at the start of Peachtree. That is awesome and terrific guidance for us, for sure. The votes are in, and the mayor of running wins again. Bart Yasso, obviously, you are a friend to us. You are a treasure to the sport, and all of those participants currently and those many, many, many hundreds of thousands to come, thank you so much for your time today and being so generous with all you've done in this sport to make sure others follow in your footsteps. It's very much appreciated, my friend. Oh, thank you so much, guys. This was awesome. D2, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this message. You've got the right shoe for you, but maybe you're still getting blisters, and your feet aren't too happy. The source of your discomfort may be the socks you're wearing. Cotton is rotten. You need socks made from synthetic materials that wick away the moisture that can lead to blisters. Big Peach Running Company carries a variety of styles and brands, including Features, Balega, Swiftwick, and Injinji. Every sock is buy three, get one free. Mix and match brands and styles? It doesn't matter. You'll save 25% when you pick up four pairs of socks. Keep your feet happy and stock up on socks at Big Peach Running Company. And welcome back to the Run ATL podcast, D2. That was so very cool. Like we said at the onset, no better person to kick off this year's collection of featured conversations on the Run ATL podcast than Bart Yasso. And yet at the same time, you got put on the boilerplate a little bit with having to commit to those Yasso 800s. What's the update? Where do we go from here? So we'll have to do that uh, here in the new year uh, because the holidays and travel and and uh, you know just t- commitments uh, with family. I was unable to actually do them. I, I prioritize a long run, so I did get a 20-miler in. So you and I will have to coordinate schedules because I know you want to be out there, and uh, and we'll have to do it on, you know together uh, at some point here in the next couple weeks. That's awesome. We will do just that. So there's reason to tune in to the next episode, episode number two in 2019, along with concluding the mystery around D2's Yasso 800s. We will have the one and only Christian Griffith joining us for the featured conversation. If you do not know who he is, what a treat it will be for you to get to know him. Certainly 
check him out online between now and then. I would also encourage you to check out a couple of other things along the lines of D2's home stretch for his own marathon training preparations. For those of you who have started this new year saying, I too have a half or full marathon in my scope, you should be aware that our Midtown store already by the time this has aired has kicked off a free, that is right, you heard me correctly, a free marathon training program. It is every Saturday morning up until the first week in March. And that is something you should put on your calendar. The store will be open no later than 7. Check in by 7.15 to share routes and anecdotes. And then a run for all at 7.30 with refreshments and useful information to follow. Again, that's every single Saturday from here on until the middle part of March in our Midtown store. Also worth noting for all of us who have declared resolutions, our Swanee store has initiated a program. Let's get it started. That also has commenced already. Will be every single Saturday morning at 8 a.m. It will be 45 minutes of outdoor activity punctuated with other items that will be incredibly useful to keeping your resolutions and getting the most fun out of ensuring that you do them and do them with those who you care about. So, so much going on both inside and outside the perimeter. D2, you and I have also made a resolution that is to come back to this Run ATL podcast every two weeks. We are convinced that we'll stick with it. So please, dear listeners, won't you join us in just two more weeks? We'll be back to show off how we're sticking with that resolution. In the meantime, The advice we always say that we certainly mean that will be all year long. May your best miles be those covered on foot.